Hey, it's Sophia. Have you heard The Message? An original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. All of season one is available now, so listen and find out why a 70-year-old alien recording seems to be killing people. Search for The Message on iTunes. Hi, this is Girlboss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder of Nasty Gal and the author of Girlboss. We're recording in a closet nestled between my office and the executive toilet with a tiny poodle named Gino. Every week, I talk to inspiring women who have accomplished something I think is amazing to find out how they got their start and extract tidbits from their successes. Today's guest is Sarah Wilkinson, the head of design for Nasty Gal. So, as you guys know, my friend Liz Carey joins me most of the time, but not all the time. We're going to talk about our week, our girl boss moments, and then we're going to share some girl boss moments that we've collected from social media. You can leave your girl boss moment any time of day or night on Twitter at girlboss and on Instagram at girlboss. We really want you to join us on the social media. It's fun reading your moments. It's fun. You guys. Yay, we like hearing your moments. So Liz is here with me, and my dog Gino is here with me. He's a poodle. He's the little one. He barfed this morning. I don't know why that made me think I would bring him to yeah. work. But he needed attention. He's just cute. He's staying home from home. touch him because I miss my husband, and this is as close as I can get. <laughs> you got a dog in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, he's on my lap. How was your week, Liz? Judging by your texts, I think you've had a psychotic break. (laughs) (laughs) Or was that PMS? I, you know what's funny about PMS is every month, I don't know about you guys. You like forget forget, that you go crazy. I forget (laughs) that I'm a woman. (laughs) And for one solid day, I'm like, well, something is seriously wrong with me because I hate everything. I'm sobbing in bed. Uh-huh. I was at the car wash. A, a John Mayer song came on. I'm sobbing. <laughs> I'm, I'm like choking back tears in front of people. I'm eating chocolate out of the fridge. Like, why is there not enough chocolate in this house? And then my period comes and I'm like, oh, I should probably contact all those people. I just sent emails. I do this. Just same. a mass, a mass email that says, Got my period. Never I don't mind. Get any other than a few that's like on my jawline. I have like no PMS stuff, but yeah, it's the like I turn into a raging raging lunatic. lunatic. I think there should be an app called. You know how they have the like, are you too drunk to send this text? It should be like, or do you maybe have PMS? Yeah, I have that period app called um, My Ovulator or whatever. No, ew. ew. This one is called. It's called Clue, but Clue. Should have a notification that says you might go fucking. Yeah, crazy you might today. go. You might go nuts today. It's you know because it's like you're ovulating or like you you haven't logged your period. It should be like you're about to get your period. You're gonna want cheese. Crawl in a hole and don't contact anyone for a day. My favorite SNL sketch was remember. Did you ever see the one when it's like it's Kristen and Maya and, and they do the whole thing where you you take one pill per year. And then they all go crazy and, and it's all of them in white pants and they have some fake name for it and it's, they're dancing around and then all of a sudden they, they drag in a bunch of dead bodies <laughs> and they're like, what there the could be, for? there could be one side effect once a year <laughs> and they all murder people. What's the pill for? It's, um, birth control. Birth control. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It. I'd have to see. It's it. a worth a watch. On the YouTube? On the YouTubes. Oh, Sophia yeah. put me on a dating app last night, which has turned out pretty great. 
Yeah, she's already getting like hate texts. I'm getting hate texts, and the first three people that <clears throat> they set me up with were my ex boyfriends. Well, it's like an incestuous dating app, so it's it's like a private invite only dating app called Raya. But I love that okay. you were like, this is making me dry. Yeah. Oh, you make me oh. dry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm dry. <laughs> hi, Raya. I'm Liz. I'm dry. No, we what were mad because we were like, how long does it, it take? It was like, hell, Naya. No, we were I don't like, want to be on this app. Hell, Naya. <laughs> and they give you like three seconds. I had no idea. I just picked any random photos. I had no idea it was going to make. Why them. do they time it? Well, maybe, I don't know. I tend to exaggerate, but all of a sudden I made like a video montage and that's something that Sophia would typically curate for me and make me look better. And I will figure it out. I'm sure you can edit it. I will. I can't do things without you. Okay. Okay. You should just, we'll stay in this room forever, Liz. It wouldn't be good. And then we both got super mad that Raya wouldn't let us get on. <clears throat> as fast as we wanted. So Sophia was like, let me find a different app that we can look at dudes right now. I want to look at dudes now. <laughs> well, it's fun to have a single friend because then you can like vicariously, I'm not looking, but it's just fun to be like, hmm, who would I set my friend up with? Who's qualified? There was a point where I did that for another friend of mine and I was like their agent and I was the only person with the login and I was like, be here at this time. Yeah, I want you to come on my dates. Yeah, and I would like screenshot screenshot these guys and send them to her and get approval but she had nothing to do with it outside of approving i love it when you said last night she, you i want five percent i was like yeah my date i'm your agent <laughs> i'm your agent my week was good god yeah. i don't even know what happened your, in the last week i went blonde i was gonna say your hair looks yeah. really good right oh, now thanks i went blonde and i hit three hundred thousand. Instagram followers. That was that's really exciting. Uh, Ew. Sorry, I love coffee. And um, pitched a TV show. I guess I'll say it. Who knows? Who knows what what's happening? I'll but buy it. I'm pitching. I want five percent. I want five percent of yours <laughs> from you. Buy How about you buy mine and I buy yours? <laughs> and then I we- think it's called friendship. That's friendship. So we had a contest on the Girl Boss Instagram. Um, because I really want to grow that because there's, you know, the website, it's like I'm not updating it super frequently. Yeah. There's really no one working full time on Girlboss. I want to build that following because I can't talk about Girlboss all the time on my Instagram. Anyway, so I gave away $300 to Nasty Gal, a personalized and signed copy of Girlboss. And I wish you'd say mine. Lunch for two with me in Los Angeles. Um, if that's any prize, but I don't know. People engaged and we had like over 700 comments leaving girl boss moments on the girl boss Instagram. So hashtag girl boss moment. It's fun to watch Sophia eat too. Oh yeah. I chew with my mouth closed. No, don't make me put that photo up from last night. What? Don't make me. Oh, put- you're right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. 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 Girl boss moment. So Mina Beanie says, Beanie Beanie. <laughs> hashtag girl boss moment being the first of my family to get a college degree and also getting my master's. Wow. That's Go- pretty cool. That's more than cool. First one in your family. Yeah. For a couple of uh, gals here that didn't quite make it to college, we applaud you. You didn't? Either? I didn't. Okay. At my school, they would tie balloons onto your locker when you for all the schools that you got accepted to. And I was like, college? Well, yeah. Wow. I was like, well, this 
I'll just go buy some balloons um, <laughs> because this is easy yeah. and blow them up. Did you try to go to college? I wanted to go to art school and my dad was like, that's ridiculous and not happening. And then I visited California when I was 16. And I was like, that's not. And you met a rock star and the rest is history. And the rest is history. Anyway, I tied my own balloons onto my locker like, oh, God, I got accepted to so many colleges. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and then a guy that I went to prom with named Matt. <laughs> hey Matt. Uh Sian Raya. <laughs> I don't know. Went to prom with a hashtag girl boss. Hashtag girl boss moment. That's all I got since I'm a man. Go on. You be man. Man boss. Man boss. Man boss. Man. There I've we've gotten some hashtag man bosses, which is really funny and cute. I'd like to tell you my favorite one. Yeah, tell me your favorite. First of all, downtown Katie Brown. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I run a 100-acre farm on my own with my own bossy little muscles while always wearing a dress. That's you, though. It's me. She's never... Yeah. I never... This Today's the first day I think you've ever seen me in pants. I'm always wearing a dress. You look great in pants. I love farm dresses, and I don't think I'd be able to work on a farm, but downtown Katie Brown, I love you. Me too. I want to eat some of your fruit. Do you churn things? Is that gross? Butter? That's gross. Are you churning? Moo. Cows. Moo. Can we come and milk on the farm in dresses? What kind of dresses are we talking about? That's like your whole Instagram is you milking cows in a dress, basically. <gasps> basically. Basically. With anyway, you're my favorite downtown Katie Brown. Oh, yeah. Liz Carey at Liz Carey. Whatever. Yeah. Send me some photos of you milking cows, please. Thanks. Hashtag girl boss. Hash- moo. <laughs> Hashtag moomins. Oh, my God. Hashtag girl boss moomins. Whoa. <laughs> That's your so new one. Drya. Oh my God, you really are Drya. Page underscore M91 says, completing my second half marathon in honor of my second time beating cancer earlier this year. Mm. Also getting straight A's for the first time this term with 20 credits and working full time. Holy shit. Shit balls. What am I doing with my life? Well, both of us I need struggle to, redo. to like get out of bed and. Page, we're really proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, so cool. I can't even run a mile. I get winded going up the stairs. So this is like, um, you've put us all to shame and we're all really proud of you. <laughs> Thanks for setting us straight raising, raising and getting all those straight A's. Wa- wandering aesthetic. Oh yeah, Mia Bell. Mia Bell, who does facials. Sophia's facials. Mm-hmm. I need one. Allowing ourselves to spend the whole day in bed. Tell Every a- single person I talked to this weekend pretty much spent the whole yeah. weekend in bed. It if Paige like a- is listening to this, she's like, what a what a pair these two are. <laughs> I spend the time writing in Hashtag about... girl boss moment. You, stay, you stayed in bed. You guys stayed in bed while I ran a, no, a but marathon. No, you're, you know, when you're a workaholic or you're stressed out, the bossiest moment of your week is giving yourself some TLC. Yeah, Paige, we're forcing you to take a 36-hour break. Okay. That's a long time. All right, 24. We were in debate about this, but Jesus89, his girl boss moment, and yes, I said his girl boss moment, was after reading Girl Boss, he realized he's a dude boss. Jesus, welcome to the club. I heard I heard there's a lot of dude bosses out there, actually. Is there? there but that's okay. You know what? Should Any I check my dating girl boss is a dude boss that I want to know. Because he cares about girl bosses. I guess my girl boss moment is, um, I don't know, I worked all weekend? Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, I stayed home and didn't really get dressed, but it was because I was on my Google Drive piddling away, finishing Nasty Galaxy, um, my second book, and putting together like a business plan for what Girl Boss might be. 
it's like so daunting to consider doing it's not like i'm done with nasty i'm still here all the time and there's still so much to do but i feel like girl boss is such an amazing opportunity and it's such a great brand the name yeah the op- you know it's like it's it's different from nasty gal my girl boss moment was i'm doing a lot of work and then i'm also trying to make special time for waylon and I promised him a Christmas tree. And for some reason, I went to two places. Yeah, last week you were yes. not you were going to Target. You we were sure. going to Target. I've never, ever bought a fake tree. And then I wanted to get a tree in a pot. And then I was trying to be eco about the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I ended up going to Home Depot. We allowed to say Home Depot? We can say Home Depot. Home Depot. It was like 7 o'clock at night. And he has to go to bed at 8.30. And there I am standing alone in a mini skirt because I'd been on like auditions all day like a maniac. Where's he at 7 o'clock? He is at soccer practice. Okay. And I'm standing on top of my Prius tying a huge Christmas tree on top of my car. They didn't do that for you? They don't really do it that much for you at Home Depot. Yeah. And then I got it home and I dragged it up a lot of stairs. So I felt like a little bit of a boss. Um, That's totally bossy. Coming home from work and and delivering the goods. I mean, I think it's important to have a mom boss on this podcast because I think that's a really, it's, you know, there's so many moms out there and I'd like to be one at some point and. You're going to be a great mom. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Another big girl boss moment for me was it's been a while since I've been on set for one of our lookbook shoots. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is embarrassing, but you know, our team does a really good job. It's just something that feels redundant if I'm there often. But when I do go, it changes so much and everyone gets to leave the shoot knowing that I'm happy mm-hmm. with what we did because I was there to provide input. Yeah. So to be there telling the model to look alive and have spirit and, you know, coach her into mm-hmm. ultimately a shoot that I feel like Embodies the nasty yell spirit more than any other, maybe in recent memory. Were those the pictures you were sending me from New Year's? They're so beautiful. It's our New Year's stuff, and the the dresses are really pretty. When are those going to be available? So fun to just hang out with the creative team. They're so fucking cool. Some of it's already gone into an email blast. It's on the homepage now, but um, the girl was super cute. We shot with this great photographer, and I don't know. It's just nice to be with the team and have them feel the presence of the brand, which I guess is me. Yeah. I forget that sometimes. So, Thanks, Liz. On to our guest, Sarah Wilkinson, the VP of Design at Nasty Gal and a um, girl with a really cool accent. Sarah Wilkinson is an incredible designer. She's worked for Miss Selfridge, Calvin Klein, and ASOS. She built their design team as their head of women's wear. And she's been Nasty Gal's VP of Design for the last three years. And I'm so proud to say that she's part of our team. Sarah, thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is fun. You only had to come across the office. Indeed. Did you trip over any clothes? Almost. Your own? My own boots, actually. I love this dress. Thank you. Do we sell it? But did we, did it go on the site? Not just yet. Okay. No. So it's a sample? I was loaned this dress. Just oh. to come and sit with you. Oh, cool. It's so gorgeous. When do we, when does that happen? Uh, December. Oh, soon. Cool. But December, December means January at Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we just skip the holidays. Yeah. We're just too, we're having too much fun yeah. during that time to buy clothes. Did you celebrate Thanksgiving? <laughs> 
Indeed, I did. So uh, this is my my second Thanksgiving. Uh, my first, I had only been here a day, so I didn't really understand what it was. <laughs> uh-huh. um, just that nothing seemed to be open. So no thanks. Yeah. Um, no Thanksgiving. So, yeah, this year was really fun. I ended up in a teepee at the end of the night. Oh. So, yeah. With a boy? Maybe. Cool. Yeah. That's great. I mean, a teepee alone <laughs> is kind of weird, so yeah. you have to ask. Like, it a teepee's had, a good thing if had you're... disco balls and the teepee? pillows. Oh, so and... many people. Yeah. It was a large yeah. teepee. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't like a tent. No, it was, okay. it was fun, and it had cool. a low table. There was cocktails and the teepee. It was Who's fun. teepee? A friend of mine had a great party. And it was in her backyard. I wonder if anyone's ever teepee to teepee, like toilet paper to teepee. <laughs> Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard? <laughs> I, I didn't know what a teepee was. Isn't that like a brush to brush between your teeth? No, that's a like a toothpick. Oh, there, there is a brand called TP, I think. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I like the way you say TP, though. It's TP. <laughs> like, like cup of tea. TP. TP. <laughs> no, TP is toilet papering a house. Like oh. You throw toilet paper like all over uh, their trees and their lawn, and then the sprinklers come on and it soaks into the lawn and it's wow. awful. It's something children do in the suburbs. Mm, I did that once at the nightclub. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, in the I, bathroom by yourself? No, no, no. <laughs> I took the um, the toilet paper out of the bathroom, <laughs> went onto the maz- mezzanine floor of the club and threw it over the top onto the dance floor. You were the only person who was, you was yeah, your idea? Yeah, it, it just rained like snow. It wasn't like a rave. You were like, I'm doing... No, it was just... It was, oh, my God. No, You're a vandal. Yeah, I was pretty wayward in those days. Really? Yeah, I was a rebel. Was this when you wore the bobble hat that you told me about? (laughs) (laughs) And the overalls? This was actually after the bobble hat, yeah. Okay, what is a bobble hat? Okay, a bobble hat is basically a knitted beanie with a very large pom-pom on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beanie. Yeah. What What were you like when you wore this bobble hat? How old were you? I started wearing a bobble hat when I was... Around about 17, I was an art student. That's how I kind of started out as a fine artist and a ceramicist and a sculptor. So cool. And so I used to wear this hat and also very, very baggy overalls. And I smoked Marlboro Reds and wore Dr. Martens. And I was kind of grungy. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds pretty grungy. I didn't know what to do with my hair. It was just very long and sort of parted in the middle. And I just used to hang out with all the skater boys at college. So um, is a bobble hat like a cultural signal for like, um, what does that mean over there? Or what did it mean? <laughs> just means I'm bloody cold. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. It's kind of cold, especially at our college, because it was outdoor buildings. Uh-huh. So it was kind of always cold. Is that where you towns. grew up? Or that's just where no, you school? No, that was, I used to have to take a half an hour train journey to Royal Leamington Spa, Ooh. which is... Uh, spa? Spa, yeah. Oh. So some towns in England are actually called spa towns because there was originally Roman baths there. Cool. And you graduated? Yeah, it was great. I was there for three years and... I studied fine art. I did a lot of painting, um, still life, drawing, canvases, oh. all of that kind of thing. Do so, you still do that? No, not really. Do you I own mean, a bobble hat? 
I do. I have three, actually. Oh, wow. cool. You yeah. should have brought it today. Yeah. I didn't but know I only, we were going to talk about I it. I only Sorry. wear them when I go snowboarding. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, no, not in the office. When was the last time you went snowboarding? Quite a while ago. I'm, I'm wanting to go out here, but I haven't made it out. To I haven't like been Tahoe to a, yet. the snow in Southern you California. Went to Tahoe recently. Tahoe, yeah, up, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, tell, okay, let's go back to the beginning. You were in art school. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Okay. I was kind of a grimy art student for three years we've and, gone, we've, and always wore a bobble hat. We've established that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day I just realized that I didn't want to look like that anymore. I actually wanted to be feminine and maybe attract a male. <laughs> and um, it was an overnight transformation. I ditched the bobble hat and overalls and I put on a tube dress. You became a wag? Like almost, not quite, but similar. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know what a wag is, what's a wag? A wag is a wife of a football player. Is it an acronym? It's wives and girlfriends. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. it. But they're like blonde boobs up to their chin. Kind of, kind of actually like a- quite Californian, but oh, but thanks. they live in Essex. Thanks a lot. No, I mean I'm like kidding. more Hollywood. Yeah, I get it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't think I can even say that, can I? I think you can. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny. Yes, it was like an overnight transformation to a wag. (laughs) (laughs) You Um, you put yourself, you got off the tube, you put on a tube. I put on a tube. (laughs) Well, I didn't live in London, um, but I I started wearing a tube dress, which was big black and white stripes, like very 60s, with platform boots and a a beehive. And I started smoking with a cigarette holder and I got into a whole 70s thing. Did you get a boyfriend? Did it work? Yeah, it worked. (laughs) It worked very well. Um, (laughs) A bit too well, really. Yeah, I got eyeliner flicks. I started wearing makeup. It it was just like a big change. Mm -hmm. And then from there on in, I got more into fashion and textiles than I was into art. And I went into fashion. It was turning into a woman that got me into fashion. Yeah, you became comfortable yeah. with, like, in your own skin. I, was I went really through the awkward. same thing. I yeah. was like, don't look at me, please. I'm going to cover everything and grow hair all over it. <laughs> don't even think about it. And yeah, I had I was really like, long yeah, hair. Maybe it would be fun to, you know, wear something ankle grazing. <laughs> yeah. So you got into textiles. What was your first job? Was it an internship? My first job was an internship. I worked for a company called Marks and Spencers on children's wear for six months in London. That was the first time that I had lived in London. And then I worked for six months in New York doing an internship. And that was when I was totally kind of like, wow, this is amazing. I'm in New York. Where was that at? It was a company called Rolsey Group, which is a sweater manufacturer. Oh, cool. So it was like private label? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I meet so many girls who are just out of fashion school and they're in their first internship. And some of them have had a few internships. And I've seen resumes where people have had like 10 internships. And mm-hmm. they just, once you've accepted that you are an intern indefinitely, it seems like it's possible that people will just view you as someone who is just like a lifer intern or something. I'm not sure, but it just I've seen resumes mm-hmm. that reflect that. What was it that you think got you your first job? And then for the girls listening who may want a career in fashion or just a career at all, what advice would you give to land that real job? Well, I think I was 
pretty lucky because the university course that I picked actually had a year in industry as part of the course. So I did a year of interning in my third year of university and then went back to do my final year. So when I left, I got an assistant job straight away. Wow. I didn't intern because I'd already done a year of interning mm -hmm. in effect and then gone back to uni. So it was kind of smart and I was really pleased that I did pick that course. But I know of, you know, other designers, even after having done a year in industry as part of their education, have gone on to do more internships. But it was just something that didn't happen to me personally. But when I was at ASOS and here at Nastigal, we were always encouraging to work with college students before they graduate so that they get some real industry experience. And mm -hmm. I would encourage anyone who's trying to get into fashion to study at a college that offers that um, so that you get real education in the industry and it's not just in, about the classroom mm -hmm. cool so you had a couple internships what was your first real job my first real job was junior designer at caramelin that was a great job it was a really good experience in fashion because it really set me up for everything that I've been doing more recently. Just the level of detail and high fashion, but at affordable prices and signature tailoring, embellishments, leather pieces. So, you know, it, it kind of gave me a really good general knowledge across all different product types. And then after leaving Caramel and I moved to Florence to work for Calvin Klein Jeans. Not bad. Yeah, I was pretty stoked with that job. Such a beautiful city. Oh, my God. It is so beautiful. How long did you live there? Just under two years. Do you speak Italian? Very badly. Did you gain weight? I was huge. Oh, really? Absolutely huge. <laughs> I went there and I got so many mosquito bites because there's so many. Really? I don't even know. I don't know. There's water that runs through the city, I there guess. There is. But so I, I lived in this beautiful piazza, which is where Michelangelo was buried. Oh, my God. And Wouldn't that be like a tourist destination? Yeah. I Did lived you... in the same piazza, so in the same square. So, yeah, I, live, I lived in Florence for just under two years. What do you, you design t-shirts at Calvin Klein? I designed all of the t-shirts, sweaters, and knitted apparel. Was that exciting or just a good excuse to live in Florence and get good technical training in things that are kind of square? Living in Florence <laughs> was... Obviously, the highlight yeah. of it. It was beautiful and fantastic. But actually, Calvin was a really good exercise in learning how to think outside of the box. My handwriting is very feminine and pretty. And Calvin is really quite minimal. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really good way to exercise balancing something that is super feminine and ornate and something that's very minimal which has been really useful. So you've said handwriting a couple of times. What do you mean by handwriting? Like scribbling on a piece of paper or? <laughs> so a designer's handwriting is, is almost like their personal style, something that is very unique. So as a writer writes a book, they have a certain way of interpreting words and putting words together. So it's the same thing in fashion. A handwriting is about how we put the collections together and how we mold the brand. It's your voice or your style. Yeah. I like handwriting. I think it sounds supreme. So. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Today's show is brought to you by The Message, an original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Uh, We're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now... Uh, Sounds like a no. Well, we don't really know what this is. Voices. Music. Breathing. But, you know, I'm not going to mess with that thing. To sum it up... Extraterrestrials. Subscribe to The Message on iTunes. Search for The Message on iTunes. One of the funniest things I remember when you first came to work here at Nasty Gal was that you used the word tramp to describe (laughs) a, a homeless person. And I was like, tramps are like a, not a nice word for a woman who's comfortable, I guess, with her sexuality. And then, but you meant hobo. You you were actually teasing me for quite a while about that. I'm sorry. It made me feel very Dickensian. That's not a bad thing. You know, it's not a bad thing when you're from England. No. But when you're trying to adjust to being in California, you don't really want people to see you as Dickensian. You want people to think you're cool. I've never yeah. read Charles Dickens, so you're still way ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> you're still winning. I want to talk about how we met. Okay. So I think I found you on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, you you obviously stalked my I profile stalked on you. LinkedIn. I was like, we need a head of design. Who's doing it at ASOS? And I found you and I wrote you and you wrote me back. I wrote you back immediately. I was just charmed that you got in touch with me. Had you heard of the company? Yes. Okay. I loved Nasty Gal. I thought you guys were doing an awesome job. I was rubbing my hands together at ASOS thinking how excellent it was that I'd made contact with you and that we were going for dinner. (laughs) And I had got lots of things in my head, uh, lots of ideas about how we could work together. And I thought, great, I can do a collaboration with Nasty Gal and I can bring Sophia on board and everyone's going to be like, wow, Sarah, how did you meet her? And it'll be (laughs) like, well, she actually reached out to me. And then it became really apparent very early on that that wasn't going that to happen. That was not my interest. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I, so I wasn't clear in my message to you? No. I was just kind of like, first hey, message, I'm... you just were like, hey, can we go for dinner? I was going to be in London. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And we had dinner at what it was like a, the Four Seasons or something. It was so grand. It was like really, oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember like was just had just been in like East London kind of scuzzing around and I think I was probably late. You were late. A little. I was sat in the bar having a glass of water because I wasn't quite sure what the... um, If it was an alcohol. If it was an alcohol-friendly kind of evening. Mm -hmm. And then you arrived not that long afterwards and ordered a very, very strong cocktail. Oh, did I? And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Get a glass of wine or something. I've got to catch up. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, no, you ordered something really... It was that kind of day. It was. It must have been like a white raining. Russian or something. It was some freezing weird and raining, drink. and yeah, uh, I think you needed warming up. You looked pretty cold. Maybe it was a hot toddy. It was. It was something lethal. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, well, I'm glad I lived. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And then, and so it's been what three years now that you've been running design here at Nasty Gal. And you came when what? We had like one or two designers, I think. I think we had three and a half people. Okay. What's um, the ha- who's the half one? Were well, they somebody part-time? was like, yeah, part time, okay. like half in, half out. But yeah, it's been a, an amazing journey. Yeah. The progress we've made is just so incredible. If I had what we have now and what we made then and turned them inside out <laughs> and like looked at how it was made, it's pretty incredible. It's, it's crazy. When I first came here, we had never made anything in real leather. We'd never embellished anything. We had never designed our own prints. It's been a real I journey. I don't think we had even really done outerwear. We had made some stretchy dresses, basically. Yeah, we did. We, <laughs> in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, it's been really exciting to launch new categories. So swim and lingerie, outerwear, denim. Yeah. You know, we, we really expanded the line and, and also... We had a lot of fun really playing with the handwriting of the brand and yeah. coming up with something that we all think is really cool. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I, I could take no credit for it, which is the best the best I thing that you want for your team. No, that's, really. That's not true. No, it's amazing. That's not true. I mean, everything we do has you in mind, as you know. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. the muse of the brand. So we, well, thanks. you know, we, we love I mean it when you wear the, our stuff. I mean that in the most complimentary way. <laughs> I know. So you've been at two startups now. You're at ASOS for six years. And now it's been, what, three? Three. Three. It was, it was my anniversary last week. Oh, my, my God. I'm the worst. This is, this is what we're doing to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Three Where's the champagne? So, I know. So I think we actually have some. Should, do you want some? <laughs> sure. Okay. It's Thursday. Congratulations on three years, Sarah. Oh, cheers. <laughs> Wait. Can we clink into the... Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Mm. It's not bad. It's okay. It's a little apple Yeah, it's very sweet. Oof. You know, you've been in a couple startups now. Do you enjoy startups or does it just keep happening to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I really believe that there are two different types of people in this world. And I think that there are people who are starters and people who are finishers. And what I've realized in my life is that I'm a starter I like to be there at the beginning with all the ideas and get really excited and sort of have all the difficulty and the challenge and the excitement of really getting something up off the ground that's new and innovative. And I think when it comes to just coming into a brand that's a really big brand that's been going for a really long time and everyone's kind of set with the way that they do things and there's a lot of hierarchy uh, then I think that's not me I know that that's not me I don't I don't want to come into a big company that's already really set up and everything's already done you know mm-hmm. um, that's so, so cool because I've wondered like you survived so much in the last three years just there's been so much change and for a lot of people that's too much change and a lot of those people aren't here anymore. And that's, you know, for, for all kinds of reasons. But, you know, it's bewildering for everyone, even if you do have a stomach for building things or being a starter. There's those of us can, that can kind of sustain it or, I don't know, or maybe gluttons for punishment. I don't know. <laughs> so there has been moments where You're like, I was like, okay, why did I do this? You know, why did I do this again? Uh-huh. <laughs> but... 
you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's what makes you grow and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And and I've just learned so much, so much more than I thought that I ever would. I've never stopped learning. I thought, okay, having come from ASOS that, you know, already having done, as you said, one startup that coming into Nasty Guy was like, great. I know a lot about doing a startup, so I will be able to apply that here. And that just did not go to plan you at did, all. You've done a lot, but, you, but you've learned. just I just work in such different ways. Oh yeah, I, I just it's like a whole new learning curve. Yeah, a completely different brand and such a different culture and different people. And you know, it, it's been an incredible experience. Both experiences have been incredible. But this one has has been a lot of fun. So for our listeners who don't know how, did that smell? I know I'm burping. Oh, you're burping. (laughs) Champagne. I was like, did my burp smell? She's like waving her hand in front of her face. I thought it was me. Lots of things happen in this room. There's usually some kind of bodily something. I burped on the last podcast. Welcome to America. Yeah. Um, I mean, our process has evolved a lot. And I think it's pretty good now from the time that we conceive of a trend to review sketches to choose fabrics and apply prints and what is it like you know and I guess how's the sausage made? So we obviously travel extensively to look for inspiration for Nasty Gal and most of our reference points come from vintage and a lot of those vintage pieces you can't actually buy we have to go into people's archives and dig them out and we travel we go to archives you know, in LA, New York, Paris, London, and we find the very best vintage pieces to bring back to look at. It's really unglamorous, by the way. Yeah, that's super unglamorous. <laughs> Boy, I hate my job. <laughs> cheers. No, cheers. No. cheers. <laughs> it's quite intense, though. It's not all glamorous because obviously there's a lot of digging and hard work and carrying and shipping suitcases backwards and forwards and it's physically actually quite demanding but it's amazing to go to different countries and pool an amazing bank of vintage samples taken from you know four different destinations and put that together and mold that into what we would call like our new concept for the season we sit down as a team and we decide what we're going to design and what are going to be the key pieces or elements that will be the pillars of the collection. And obviously we travel to Paris to source fabric and we bring fabric into the room, the vintage garments and our own ideas. We often bring our own clothes into Nasty Gal. There's, there's always lots of my things lying around the office. Same. Uh, and yours, yeah. <laughs> and Sophia's, Sophia's wardrobe and Sherry's wardrobe. So we, we are always like loaning our own clothes as well for inspiration. And, and I think that's what makes it really, really rich and interesting is that we have a really diverse set of people at Nasty Gal who have very different backgrounds in fashion. And that melting pot makes it very interesting, exciting. And I think that's what is making us really unique as a brand. And we obviously use that inspiration to drive the most important pieces for the collections that we design. And we have a print designer, Lauren, and she's really talented. And, you know, it was new for us to do print design 
And I didn't even really know how it worked. And it seems like such a cool job. What is her process like? Lauren really works as a kind of cultural hub within the design team. So she does her own set of research and she will bring techniques from India to the table. She will have um, embroideries that she's picked up at Rose Bowl or cushion covers or uh, shawls or blankets or anything that is textile orientated that can bring our ideas to life in a three-dimensional form. She'll bring her research as well. And she is extremely talented and she has a very unique handwriting. She works very closely with the likes of Henry Holland, Victoria Beckham, was very much involved with the London Fashion Week set. So she had this very quirky British handwriting that she had to adapt to our Californian roots. So she's coming from a real melting pot of influences, which I think makes our prints and embellishments really unique. And we use a lot of studying and um, hand embellishment, especially on our leather goods. It's something that's very unique to the brand and something that we're really carving out as a niche product. That's so cool. My last job was at an art school in the lobby, and there was a fashion program. There were so many fashion students. You know, I think being a creative is a very glamorous thing. But I also, there's no way that all those people can become successful fashion designers. And I've turned corners in my career, and I meet a lot of people who have made changes in their careers. Sorry, this is like probably not inspiring, but I think it's important. How do you know that your talent is something that is going to get you somewhere in the world or if it's just like a dream because it seems like a glamorous thing? I think the first thing to realize about fashion is that it isn't glamorous. I think that it is really, really challenging and hard work and it is the people that are really resilient that really make it to the top in fashion because it is cyclical and it's always relentlessly busy and crazy. You have to be able to endure that and a lot of it isn't glamorous. So mm. I think that's the first thing that you really need to bear in mind when you are going into fashion. Also, I think that there is a misconception that being the best designer means that you are the best at sketching and you're the best at draping and that you're the coolest person. We have this saying in the UK and it's all the gear no idea and (laughs) it basically means like anyone at a student level (laughs) if you as a fashion student have all the latest clothing and you're dressed the best and blah blah blah, it's kind of probably likely that you're not perhaps the most talented person in the room (laughs) because I think Being a creative is being open to a personal journey. And every job that you do leads you in a different direction and onto your next creative project. And I think if you see it like that, then you'll be a success. And if you don't see it like that, then, yeah, like you say, maybe it's better to look at other options and, you know, other parts of your life that fulfill you with joy, you know. What would you be doing now if you weren't a designer? I think I can't imagine what it would be like to not be a designer. I studied art and fashion from 
the age of like seven. Um, And it's always been my passion, design. and, And I've been working in the fashion industry for a long time. (laughs) <laughs> she's not old I'm like she's not <laughs> like 17 years wow so I just can't imagine doing anything else I can't either so let's just make yeah. it clear <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if I didn't if I wasn't a fashion designer I would have to do interior design or be an artist or jewelry design or I'd have to do some other creative pursuit Really, I don't know what you do. You're not going to become like you're not going to save re- whales. Or I'm a one trick pony. No, you're not. I am. I can't do anything else. You're a unicorn. <laughs> you're not a pony. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag you're a unicorn. <laughs> so we have some questions from Instagram specifically for you. Oh, so nice. From Anya Mataluska, she asks. What are the top tips for making it in the fashion industry? And is it high priority to have a fashion degree or is it possible to fake it till you make it? I think it's difficult to fake it till you make it in fashion. I think there is so many technical little bits and pieces that you need to learn to really understand how a garment is put together. So I really think it's about finding a college that's a really good fit for you, that you feel is a creative space that you can bounce ideas with other creative people and um, learn the technical skills that you need to become a fashion designer. What do you look for in talent? What do you look for when you hire someone? I look for somebody that I like, who I think I can get along with every day. That's really, really important. And somebody who can communicate well. Communication is the key. (laughs) You can be as talented as you like, but if you can't communicate your ideas to other people, then you're never going to get anywhere. So it really is about sharing your talent and being humble about it as well. Do you find that sometimes happens or people compete with their creative talent or they want to win or they want to be the best? Absolutely. This industry is really competitive. Yeah. People like to put each other down and like, like step on each other's heads on the way to the top. Like how can we get to the, how can we score without, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Nasty like Gal is just not like to, that. Yeah. So Nasty Gal is a team effort. No one is more important than the next person. We're all important to make it work. So I think that breeds success. Mm-hmm. You've worked with Sherry now. We worked together for a year and a half and now... You know, Sherry is a totally different kind of leader. She's a good communicator. She's, She's amazing. a great communicator. Yeah. What, what have you learned, I guess, outside of, you know, that the style is different or that the processes that you, we use in the U.S. are different? I've learned from <laughs> Sherry, the Pepsi challenge is to always aim for the bullseye. And that's what I'll probably take to my grave with me. That's cool. <laughs> and you can see it. Always aim for the bullseye. And, you know, I, I think we've hit it. I think so. A few times. I think you're wearing it right now, actually. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite designer? I have to ask. I can't really answer that because it changes a lot. I think my diehard favorites are definitely Jean-Paul Gaultier. Uh-huh. I love him. I think he's amazing. And Coco Chanel. It, the classics, Halston. It's the classics for me. Yeah. yeah. Last book you read? You're going to laugh now, but I do like a little self-help book every now and again. Come on. So I'm reading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Oh, cool. And it's about overcoming your fears and taking your life to the next level. 
Did you have a mentor? No, I've never had a proper mentor, but I've obviously learned bits and pieces from people along the way. I'm kind of the same. And there's people that have been really valuable along my path. But I think there's this dream of mentorship where I'm just going to find the person who's going to take me under their wing and then I'll figure it out. And because I get so many questions about I think it's amazing if you have that experience. I personally have had a very different kind of experience where actually it's been more about being thrown in the deep end and just kind of getting your head above water and surviving and finding your way and figuring it out. And I think that that has taught me things quicker than somebody telling me or mentoring me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I would say if you don't have a mentor and you have this dream of mentorship, my advice for what it's worth is don't wait for a mentor. And then if there is one dream category that we don't design today or that you've never worked on or just period, is it handbags or shoes or I don't I don't bobble hats? Like, <laughs> is there a category that would be like your dream category to launch? I would absolutely love to design a jewelry line for Nasty Gal that we could stock in our stores. Something that is really pinnacle and beautiful. I love jewelry. What would it look like? Oh, it would be really badass. There'd definitely be some like harnesses and crazy headpieces. Your ears and ear would bleed cuffs when you take the earrings out, right? They would be <laughs> the earrings would be so heavy yeah. and like a huge nose ring that's really, really heavy that attaches to a harness. Like, no, crazy, you're out of your mind. Just crazy that's a joke, stuff. right? Yeah, no, okay. crazy. Stuff. A septum ring that holds up your. It holds your handbag. That Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. This has been really fun. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Three years. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was Girl Boss Radio. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next week. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Girlboss, on Instagram at Girlboss. Our email is podcast at girlboss.com. You can find me at Sophia Amoruso, A-M-O-R-U-S-O with a P-H, and on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe, but only if it's five stars. Thanks also to the band Phases. Our new theme song is from their song, I'm in Love With My Life, and to Joel Jarek-DeGraff, my awesome husband, for our interstitial sounds. I'm Sophia Amoruso. Talk to you next week. <laughs>